Awesome. We're rolling with another episode of the MMA Lockdown Podcast. Really excited to uh, be chatting to one of my first jiu-jitsu coaches. Still to this date, one of my favorites. Uh, oh, Bernie. What's going on? Good to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, looking forward to the chat. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we just wanted to hear about your kind of your journey in jiu-jitsu, where you got started. Uh, you obviously became a coach later on. Uh, you spent some time training and competing in Brazil. And uh, now you're based in the U.S. So uh, we'd love to hear a little bit about it, maybe just starting with uh, how you got into jiu-jitsu. Yeah, um, we actually had, a, we had quite a fun club out in Somerset West, my hometown. Um, and, uh, you know, I had my friends doing it. A couple of my friends were rolling and, you know, martial arts always seemed fun. And I was like, you know, I want to get into something. I was just spending all my time surfing and doing art. And uh, it actually took like a year of my friend um, inviting me to come train with them. And I eventually went. Uh, first session was, was basically an open mat, just rolled rolled with with big dudes like i couldn't do anything i'm a tiny guy i weigh like 140 pounds about 62 kgs i think it was like 58 kgs then but i just had an absolute ball like felt like a little lion cub you know rolling around playing and i was immediately hooked didn't know anything but just that that um that just sense of raw fun and and um you know, grappling and stuff is so is so natural in the in the animal kingdom, yeah. and uh, I just I just had fun, so I was hooked, and I hooked. kept going, and and yeah, fell in love immediately. Um, yeah, I was there it's for a also, couple of years. Yeah, I was just yeah. about to say that we can all like you know relate to the experience of like having a friend that we've been trying to get to jujitsu for like a year for two years. Yeah. And then they finally come and then it's like, all right, you watch and like, are they going to hang around? Are they going to leave? Um, yeah. So I'm glad that your friend persisted with you. Yeah, man. Yeah, I was a very good friend of mine and I saw him all the time. And then, you know, made more friends and right. had more reason to go back and, and just have fun training with my friends. So that's kind of, that was my start. You know, it was, um, I didn't really know what I was going to do. Didn't know what it was about. I I didn't know UFC till like a year or two into training. Then I kind of started hearing about this MMA thing. So I know a lot of people start because they saw UFC and they're like, mm -hmm. I got to learn this. Um, that's totally, it went the other way around for me, you know. Um, yeah. So it was just a good time with my friends and got hooked and kept training and felt, felt the stuff develop. I was like 20, 21. Um, and I remember starting to train, I couldn't do anything. I was just getting beat up the whole time. Um, not injured, not, not like manhandled where people were hurting me that, you know, I was, I was quite easy to control, but I couldn't do anything. Like, uh, I have this one memory of some of my first roles getting tapped like seven times in a few minutes by a dude, by another white belt, you know, like whatever, um, I had no idea what was going on, but um, yeah, there was a 16 year old kid and he was, he wasn't bigger than me or anything, but he had been training for a while and I knew like, 
he's he's like the first person I got to tap out, you know. And after a couple of months, I hit him with a triangle, and I was like, wow, you know, I'm I'm actually making progress. And uh, from there, it just it just gets better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gym in the the gym in Somerset West was that just just a jits gym? There's not an MMA gym or any stand up. Uh, no, there was a there was kickboxing guys running out of the gym. Um, there was my instructor at the time had come down from Joburg, him and his son, they were blue belts and they, they just wanted a place to train, you know? Yeah. So they kind of hosted the space and um, taught us stuff. But then I know he linked up with Jacques Botelli, um, my black belt professor in Cape Town. And um, kind of that's how they kept getting new instruction. Cause like I said, they were just blue belts. And Jock would come through like every two, three weeks for a little little seminar, and that's also how I got linked up with um, with Jock from from uh, Alliance Cape Town. Yeah, I was just about to ask how when you made that move because that's where we where I joined, and then obviously we met. Yeah. Um, so how long were you training before you moved over to with Jock? Um. So I, I met Jock maybe a couple of weeks uh, or a month into my training. Okay, um, so quite early on. Like I said, he came through every other Saturday. Um, mm -hmm. And then eventually at like somewhere in Blue Belt, I started driving through during the week to Cape Town. It was like 30, 40 minutes drive on the N2. Mm -hmm. Get to Cape Town, train there as much as I could. I was also training a lot of judo then. You know, um, I felt like... I needed to learn some kind of stand-up and there wasn't really wrestling, but judo was around. So I started training judo as well. Um, so at that same time, kind of blue belt is where I, I really started going to Cape Town a lot. And I believe I met you, Jared, when I was a purple or just got my purple. Yeah, you're definitely a purple. I don't know like how early on it was, yeah. but that's, yeah. that's when I moved to the city, like moved actually um, to Woodstock, but very quickly ended up living in the gym for a couple of years. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so in that period, um, from white belt to purple belt was kind of my Somerset West years. Okay. And a very, I know you guys want to know about the teaching. I very quickly got involved in teaching. Um, mm -hmm. I had, I had past experience of like transferring knowledge to people through surf coaching. I taught like kids, adults, older people how to surf. So I was comfortable, like, if I have knowledge, how to, how to um, communicate it. Um, so I was actually the first jiu-jitsu class I gave, I was a white belt. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, you, you wouldn't normally, like, learn from a white belt in the sense of I have a white belt run a class. But, uh, you know, I remember the first time I, my instructor asked me to run a class. I was like, okay, you know, I made sure I, I have a class plan and I have information to relay to people and I know what I'm talking about as, as little as I could um, as I had I made sure I, I I'm not talking nonsense you know mm. so I had a uh, experience from early on teaching classes running classes and helping out and um, you know uh, my instructor then James he would kind of put us on the spot like that kind of to to you know he like throwing us into the deep end of it and and uh, you know, if I get thrown in the deep end, I swim, bro. Yeah. At least I try swim, you know. So right. um, that's well, kind of where the where the coaching started. And then, 
Um, the move to Cape Town was because I was really enjoying the, the coaching. I was doing all right with it. And um, Jacques needed help with his gym. You know, he was also in between Cape Town and PE. And um, he needed, uh, you know, he needed some backup with classes. So, I, so that's the opportunity I had to move to Cape Town and uh, really, really be involved with teaching full time. Okay, so that, that, time, was, that was at like the three year mark of my training. That's when I got my purple belt. Okay. You no, know, it could be, yeah, I think it was three years. Uh, it could be, could maybe have been a bit longer. So it was um, quite a quick, quick process from going from like trying this martial art out to this is kind of what I'm doing full time, living it, teaching it, training. Yeah, you know, I was in art school that time. So, I didn't really have responsibilities. I, I had to make art. That's all I had to do. And um, at the same time, I remember like when I started, I was in the second year. So second year of art school. So I'd say I was like 20 and uh, I didn't have much direction. Like I was kind of, I had fun doing all this stuff, but I wasn't, there were, I was lacking a bit in discipline, you know, at that same time I started with jujitsu. And I must say that helped me a lot with like um, having that commitment to something and like, you know, sometimes you're in an uncomfortable situation or you don't feel like doing the work, but you've made this commitment to get this work done or you have this goal, you know, you got to push through. It's like um, very, very quickly in jiu-jitsu, I had big guys smashing me in mount and I could tap from being uncomfortable I could have some little bit of perseverance and actually end up escaping. Somehow reverse the situation, end up in mount and actually catch a guy twice my size. I was like, dang, if I can do this, you know, um, awesome every time that happens, you have a bit more of, of like, okay, the situation's uncomfortable now, but yeah. if I just stay calm, do my best and do what I can, I can end up on top and actually succeed, you know? Definitely. Uh, Becoming, uh, getting comfortable in the uncomfortable. Yeah. So, so I must say jujitsu helped me a lot with, um, kind of pushing through art school and, and doing better. Cause I was kind of, I wasn't, I wasn't living up to my potential. I was kind of messing around and, and it helped me focus a little bit and ended up in final year. Like I had, I had to do my thesis and I was working hard and my mom was like, um, you know, don't you want to take a break from training? And I went, no, I, I like training's what's keeping me focused, you know. Yeah. So, uh, so those things went very hand in hand for me. Awesome. Um, I just want to know. I mean, I want to touch on your art because your it's, it's it's awesome. I was having a look at your Instagram now, uh, but before we chat about it, I was wondering: was there anything? I mean, there's always a few things that you could maybe point to that really drew you to jujitsu and wanting to persevere. You know, whether it's get, you know the feeling of being uncomfortable and working through that perseverance yeah that that was a big thing like seeing how much it helped with my focus but also you know from surfing you know you see a lot of people that love surfing also love jujitsu you know when you're riding a wave you can't tell the wave what it's doing you can't you can't force a turn if you try and force a maneuver or something you bog a rail you fall um you bail right mm -hmm. you have to read what's happening and act accordingly and use that opportunity to the best that you can, right? Make the most of that opportunity um, to do the coolest move or the best feeling carve or something. And um, kind of riding my opponent felt the same. 
um, I couldn't, I was never like big or strong. Like I said, I'm quite a tiny guy. I could never force positions. So it was, how can I read his movement and use that to either jump over him or, because I'm, I'm fast. That's my attribute that I have. I I'm not strong. I'm not heavy, but I have speed and agility on my side. So how can I read this guy's movement and end up flipping over him into a better position or ducking under something So with that timing? So that was big, like, as much as I enjoyed surfing, it was like I was surfing the, the situation with the jiu-jitsu, with the grappling. So um, sure. I know all the surfer jiu-jitsu guys um, can relate 100% to that, you know. Definitely. Uh, it's very interesting how those like analogies fit together and you find those like c- a common interests. Like that. another major one is, um, is jits and chess. Where oh, yeah. Jits people are often attracted to, to chess and, go- and chess guys who've never been involved in, in much physical sports find jits and they love it and they excel at it because there's obviously like the, the, the mental game of trying to figure out what's happening one or two steps ahead is, is happening yeah. in both. Um, yeah. like for me, I'm, I'm, I'm shit at both, but I love them both. So just keep well, going. Well, you know, we're all just trying to suck less at it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and you also get into like these, um, these ebbs and flows in both where you just you find like, why have, why have I been getting smashed the last two weeks on chess.com and, and on the mats? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe I should get onto that. Chess.com. Yeah. It's good for the lockdown. Yeah. Yeah, if someone yeah. had to say to me, like, oh, sorry, Ben. Yeah, no, just, just more with the chess. Like, you know, you, you kind of, um, if you, I'm sure if you have a, your master of chess, you make a move and you know kind of what's his common reactions going to be. What's those big percentage reactions from him going to be? What's his option? And if I know what his options are, I can either block those or I can use them to my advantage. So that's the same with, with jujitsu. You know, if I make this move, if I try sweep, do a scissor sweep, you know, you could do X, Y, or Z. And if I have answers for those, I know he's going to do that. That's like, may, maybe he's got like some funny trick that he might do, you know, at higher levels. Right. But highest percentage He's going to give me one of these three, three answers. And mm-hmm. if I have traps for those, I'm staying ahead. I'm, yeah. I'm the steps ahead, you know? For sure. And I remember we spent you, well, you helped me spend a few hours, um, well, quite a few hours preparing for my blue belt exam. Yeah. And one of the things I remember you would say is, you know, it's all about, you know, in the beginning, it's putting kind of words together. Then it's kind of putting sentences together and then more complex sentences so it is really just building on that, you know, a lot of the time, you know, in the beginning of your jujitsu game, you're very linear. You, you can only see one thing. You're trying to pass the guard, pass the guard, or you're going for Kimura, Kimura, instead of maybe, you know, bumping him to put his arm out to go for a Kimura. Hmm. So that's something that I remember that always stuck with me. Yeah. Yeah. You learn the words, then you start kind of having um, phrases, you know, basic phrases. Mm-hmm. Like you learn armbar, then you say, I do armbar. Then you learn armbar to triangle and soon you're having a very articulate um, debate with your opponent in the sense right and sometimes you know with strength there's all you know it can get the 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 analogy can get quite complex because you can go oh but like i'm strong so you can't force force this move on me just like how someone can be really loud and kind of shout over your 
uh, over your argument, but if you know how to move around it, you can still come out on top, you know? Yeah, definitely. And then, Bern, obviously, you also spent some time, I don't remember how long it was, in, in Brazil. Um, actually, was looking, as I said earlier, looking at your Instagram, and I saw that awesome submission when you are competing uh, in Sao Paulo of, um, of the armbar. Yeah, Speed. basic foot. Like, uh, um, I, think, I think the first person, or like in, let's say, if you look at a time frame, the first person was quoted saying, um, I know Hoyler has a, has a story about his father, Helio, where, where Helio went like Choke's first prize, you know? Um, so, so when you go for the guy's neck, he ends up, you know, bringing arms up to kind of defend. And that's an easy way to open up the arm locks as well. So um, I always like going for chokes. Chokes are first prize. And like Helio said, you know, there's no tough guys when it comes to chokes. Um, and I ended up going for an X choke. And um, I held it on quite long. And the guy, you know, eventually my grip kind of just, just failed the escape. But then I went for it again. And this time he respected it because I almost um, tapped him out with, with the choke. And he... And he was so focused on the choke that he started like, he left his arm out, boom, snap up on the arm bar. I don't think I've ever cranked the arm bar that hard in my life. <laughs> it was, uh, but I was going to finish it. You know, I was in Brazil. It was my first uh, match ever as a brown belt. Uh, gringo in, in Brazil. I had a bunch of my friends there from Brazil. I heard them like, shouting, gringo, gringo. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't going to let it go, you know. <laughs> so uh, I ended yeah. up armor from god so i was pretty stoked yeah that um, was beautiful yeah thanks yeah i really liked how you, you used the the next match was against like this like bear in mind i'm 60 kgs uh fresh brown belt go up against like a 90 100 kilogram black belt i fought pretty hard but actually went the full 10 minutes didn't didn't get anything yeah. on it but that was a great experience i actually just spent a month in brazil Okay. Um, with Kudu, he showed me around Sao Paulo. Um, I believe Jared, you met Kudu. I did, yes. Yeah. Um, trained with the Alliance guys in Sao Paulo. Um, you guys know the Dream Art. You've seen that Dream Art project um, on. You'll you'll check like they've been blowing up the last let's say he, uh, year or so. Um, anyways, okay. I trained at that academy in Sao Paulo and there were some really tough kids and they pushed me, man. Like, um, yeah, got my, got beat up a lot there and, and definitely felt, felt a bit of a jump in level and in confidence, you know, and then I finished the month off in, in Brazil with, a, with just a local tournament, but their local tournament, like it's not a big tournament, but it's like twice, three times as big as our biggest tournament, you know? Yeah. I was saying, I was saying to Jazz, cause you sent me the, the, the clip of your sub in that, in that comp. And I was saying like, it's just epic. The, the crowds that come out, you can yeah. see the place is packed for, for it. And yeah, totally cool to compete in that environment. Yeah. There's a massive culture. It's funny though, because there's so many people like there, but um, my wife actually lived as a teenager in Brazil, in Sao Paulo for a couple of years. And uh, she's like, she never knew what Jiu Jitsu was. So as big as it is there, it's like also not, not like everyone knows about it. But um, yeah. yeah, it's definitely, definitely a big culture there. And Don, you spent some time in Brazil too. I think you did a little bit of training. 
Yeah, I've actually been to Brazil twice. Um, oh, the first yeah. time I was there for work and I'd, I just, I think I'd taken three JITS classes at the time and I went to Murilo Bustamante's place and, and, and did a session with him. Um, and it was, there were like 12 black belts on the mat and I was like, I don't know anything. Um, and then the second time I was with my girlfriend, I also got just one session in. Um, so unfortunately I've been to Brazil twice, but I only got two, two sessions in. The second time was with, um, was with Fight Zone in Rio, the, the Czech mat affiliate which was very cool um, really small. It's interesting. I mean, it's like one of the most famous gyms and I reckon you can get like 15 people training in there comfortably. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd love to go back with, with Jets friends and, and spend some real time. Um, Cause especially in Rio, it's like you can, tr you can train and then walk, walk a hundred meters to the beach, train again, you know? Um, Good times. That's the dream. Yeah. Yeah. Fully. Wasn't too far off uh, what you had in Strand and I have here in, in Cape Town, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we can't complain too much. No, no, of course not. Uh, uh, after training, a swim in the ocean is the best way to cool off, refresh yeah. yourself. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. So, Don, how did that roll with the 12 black belts go in the end? Uh, no, no, no. I didn't, I didn't roll with any black belts. <laughs> uh, um, I know how it would have gone, though, but at the end of the session, uh, Bustamante, who who is in his like mid fifties, I think, um, rolled consecutively with every black belt on the mats. Just it was unbelievable to see, and just tapping them, boom, boom, boom. Um, the guys really, it was it was something. And nice guy as well. And funny enough, when I told him I was from South Africa, he wanted to chat surfing. So there's the connection oh, yeah. again. But I'm not a surfer, and I was like, so, "Sorry, man, I don't know what to tell you." Um, he went to the chat about Jaber, and I was like, "Look, I've been there, but I can't say anything about the surf." Yeah. Burn, did you do you still surf much, or did you kind of just shift all your focus to jujitsu and art? Um, you know, when I was, I've been here in New York almost a year now. Okay. So. Uh, I actually went to Maryland, Ocean City the other day to visit my in-laws and help them move from there. So I got to boogie board some waves, but that oh, was nice. the first time I was in the ocean for like over a year. So, um, so right now where we are in New York, in, in Buffalo, Buffalo, New York, it's kind of on the border of New York and Canada. Um, okay. Lots of fresh water. Uh, rivers, lakes, waterfalls, but not uh, no ocean inside. Yeah, so not really getting any any surfing. Any surfing, and and it's probably starting to warm up there a little bit now. Yeah, last week we had a quite a hot week. It was cool over the weekend or uh, earlier this this week, but now it's nice and hot. Okay. Uh, yeah, summer times here, eh? And the Buffalonians, they they go hundred percent for summer because it's like eight months of snow. Yeah. So when summer's here, they, they make sure they enjoy it. They enjoy you know? it. <laughs> yeah. What are some of their favorite things to do in the summertime? Uh, water skiing. Um, yeah, lots of boats out. Uh, there's no, normally they have like a lot of outdoor concerts, outdoor, like free outdoor yoga and, and Pilates classes, exercises in the park and stuff. Lots of like um, park, uh, like street festivals and stuff. Yeah. Um, there's, there's this big Allentown art festival, but of course now with the whole situation, all of that is canceled. Cancelled. Yeah. 
Um, so talking about the whole, sorry, Don, go ahead. I was just wondering what the, what the jet scene is like in Buffalo compared to South Africa, obviously not so much now, but before, before the coronavirus hit. Um, so it's, it's quite a, it's quite alive. Um, there's a lot of people training here. There's quite a few gyms. There's jujitsu only gyms. There's MMA gyms. Um, I was actually teaching and training at a MMA gym. So, I mean, they had all the striking stuff and the jujitsu, but I mean, so it's just bigger. There's, there's, there's a lot more people, you know, um, but, uh, so it's grown, obviously in America, it's, it's been around for longer than in South Africa, but South Africa grew a lot. eh? I must say, since I started jujitsu, like a purple belt was like, a rare, a rare Pokemon and, and a black belt was mythical. You didn't, you didn't see a black belt. There was maybe like one black belt in South Africa. Um, and, and we can see like that's changed so much over the years. And there's so many more people starting. I, uh, like, so I was in Cape Town, I think for two years running, running, uh, Jacques Academy or teaching a lot for, for Jacques and managing the gym while he was in and out. Um, and then I moved back to my hometown area, but to Strand to open my own academy. And um, kind of around that time, I'm trying to think, 2016, it really started like um, picking up more people training, um, more people trying it out and so on. So, I mean, the scene's bigger here. Yeah, I was I was teaching um, classes for the gym, um, kind of filling in for for the other black belts. There we were like seven black belts in the gym, okay. so um, you know, like that they set classes. So oftentimes they needed someone to teach. I would just take a class. Um, so it ended up teaching quite regularly because they had morning, noon, and, and evening classes. But now with the whole lockdown situation, I was actually, I'm actually sitting on in my living room on my mats, um, been teaching a lot of Zoom classes, you know, That's as, awesome. as the situation is, you know. Keeping um, the mind fresh. Yeah. And uh, um, I had my wife uh, being my partner a lot for the Zoom classes, but also teaching on my own because we, of course, not everyone has the luxury of having a training partner. So also catering for the people that, that are maybe training or by themselves quarantine. So, um, you know, just keep moving and, and kind of doing our best to still learn jujitsu and still mm -hmm. keep it fresh. And, and your, uh, your, your wife's, uh, skill level has must have skyrocketed in this, in this period. Yeah. Bruce, she got a first stripe. She, nice. she evolved, you know. That's <laughs> awesome. It's cool seeing her progress as well. So yeah, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. no, for sure. She's she's been getting some good training in. Do Do you guys have any sense of any kind of timeline for a return to the gym and how that might look in terms of smaller mm -hmm. classes and different approaches? Guys are strategizing, trying to figure it out. Um, but not really, eh? I think it's going to be like, the thing with, with here in the States is every 
every like neighborhood has its own rules compared to every county compared to every state compared to the whole country like so in this county which is um you know just an area it could be different to the county next door and the stages are kind of um staggered according to uh high risk areas so we're not even sure which stage kind of gyms can open i think it i think maybe stage three or something and um but but there'll probably be some regulations so either i'm guessing either like designated people that you that you kind of drill with but spaced out on the mat or you have a grappling dummy or something i know the owner's been been looking at at uh getting grappling more grappling dummies for the gym and he's been hard at work kind of developing like he took this skeleton you know the joints can kind of click into places he's trying to develop so he's doing pretty good um developing a grappling dummy that you can really like uh, do everything on you know yeah the uh, grappling dummy grappling dummy definitely needs um some innovation i don't think it's yeah, changed and, in uh, decades yeah i think the first person to really hook up a, a a rad grappling dummy that can do a lot of things is can pattern it and and really make some good progress with that definitely yeah and uh so yeah i mean it's it's a difficult thing to as you say everywhere is different i know they're talking about um here in cape town at our gym at booking classes on an app they're gonna you know 10 people per class and or like maybe 10 in the fundamentals 10 in the advanced spread out so yeah it's um yeah, it's going to be a difficult landscape, but I'm sure like everything will will we'll navigate it and hopefully get back on the mats relatively yeah. soon. Yeah, I think the main thing is the the main thing that's going to struggle is is new people because everyone that's loving jujitsu, the majority of them are like mask, no mask, I don't care, I want to train. If I have to wear a mask, I'll wear a mask, <laughs> but I don't even care about wearing a mask. I just want to train jujitsu, you know. Right. And then, like majority of people are just over kind of. Um, being scared there was this initial uh period of, of fear and shock and then you know after a few weeks that dissipated and and people are like thinking more clearly now and like i said the majority of people are just like man i just want to i just want to train i don't care yep. um people are socializing outside anyways getting in, into action you, you uh um you know you're interacting with people it's, you're wearing a mask in a in an enclosed space. There's regulations and stuff, but you're still coming in contact. Um, yeah. But I think with with maybe new people starting, that's that's where the big knock's going to be in numbers. Um, people, I'm, I'm sure there's still going to be people like whatever you know. I'm doing this thing called life, and no one gets out alive, you know. And then other people are going to be like, you know, it's it's too big of a risk for me. Or, or whatever so um, i guess time will tell eh see what happens yeah definitely yeah it's have you guys uh been getting any training in sorry have you guys been getting any training uh not really i've been talking to a few guys about setting up um some mats in there they got like a bigger basement um, it doesn't look like my gym is going to be opening up anytime soon and as you say there's some guys that are willing to train at this point uh, keep it a small group so yeah. hopefully hopefully soon we'll start getting some some training and it's a good time for me now because work is quiet 
I got more hours to to do spend on the mat. Um, so yeah, I hope so. Yeah, it's kind of underground. Yeah, and you, yeah. Dan? No, there's no training over here. And um, the thing that bothers me is um, I was training at my university club because I'm in London doing a master's. Oh, and yeah. I think that that is those clubs are going to be the last ones to go back because universities don't. It's not part of their business model, so they're yeah. going to shy away from that risk. And I think trying to move to a, a, a club that runs a business now, I might run into people saying like, we don't, we we can't take on new students at the moment. Oh yeah. So that might be my issue. But what's really disappointing is I'm sure it's the same in the states. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot more opportunity to compete. In, in these big cities, you know, if you, or in these countries. So if yeah. in, in England, if you're willing to like get on a train, you know, there's like a competition every weekend. Um, but so I, so I'd competed in Feb and I was very keen to do a few more. Um, yeah. But I'm probably going to, going to be back in South Africa by the time things normalize. Um, yeah. But yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. But um, you kind of work, are you studying online now? Kind of, yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm writing exams now, but online, yeah. Okay. Well, good luck with those. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So, Bern, just before we kind of um, wrap up, have you, with your teaching and your Zoom classes, have you been following kind of a, a program or, you know, say like side control or certain fundamental or something or how's it looking? Um, so, yeah, I'll kind of, my my general philosophy with teaching is I like to look at an area. So um, maybe a specific skill like armbar control and how to finish armbar, how to move to other things or um, kind of uh, what I've been doing a lot now because, because building skills, you, it, it helps a lot to have a partner and kind of offer different levels of resistance. So I've been say sticking to, to a certain base sequence. Let's say um, knee slice to side control to bend arm lock. All right, but on the route, there's can be all these like um, like we said, roots off with with um, certain um, reactions Absolutely. the guy might give. So then I'll like branch off here and there, and then um, but but I'll stick to like a base sequence. So especially for like if you if you're someone competing or so, so on, you you want like a clear path you know you don't want to be thinking about too much when you when you're fighting you want to have like you know where you want to go and you're going for it and sometimes you have to take a detour but you take it as it comes or you'll you know you'll kind of um buy off that path according to the situation but if you have like a clear cut path to go to you don't have to think too much your mind's open to take to take in what's happening and the opportunities that arise if you if you have like a, a, a path that you that you used to taking that you strong with that you um, comfortable with and like I said that you don't have to think too much of um, definitely that's yeah kind of what I've been kind of working on mostly um, with the guys is like I'll build the sequence and then I'll build some things around it and like so that kind of pathway and skill is strong. I don't like mm -hmm. to jump too much from area from position to position because then I'm just adding random like puzzle pieces. When I build a puzzle, I like to like be like, okay, let me build this area with, with say the tree, you know, and I'll build the tree and then I'll go over to the birds flying and then 
they're gonna connect but i have pictures and when i get, when i look there i'm comfortable i know what i'm seeing i'm not like just looking at random uh puzzle pieces you know but yeah, this week i did a lot of like movement with the guys so it's just like you know people have been sitting around a lot let me make sure they're moving their hips because so much yeah. in grappling so much like positional progress can be done with simply switching your hips you know instead right. of like kind of trying to force something just by switching your hips by making sure your source your engines in the right place everything else can fall into place all the grips can be afterthoughts according to what attack you want to do or, or transition you want to do but if the if the source is in the right place everything else can be can fall into place you know nice. so yeah, a movement with the guys switching their hips from you know different different situations are you running the zoom classes um just for your for your gym or you just run them at, like on your own i'm running yourself? for the gym they, they okay. um, kind of paying me per class to, to okay run. so i'm running the noon the noon classes right now for the jujitsu and filling in maybe somewhere else okay awesome yeah nice burn so um all right, so there's no real clear clear guidance as to when you can get back, but it's awesome that you can keep moving, teaching a little bit, stay connected with the guys. Yeah, yeah, I'm playing with the idea as well of like people who are comfortable to get some private classes in, you know, trying yeah. to figure out the situation because obviously, you know, got to get by. For sure, yeah, you have to. Yeah. And did you have any um, any thoughts before for this uh, to compete? Are there a lot of competitions in your area? Yeah, you know, um, there are competitions normally, right? Normal situations. <laughs> yeah. But um, I had, when I first came here, I was just finishing off my, my process. So um, I didn't yet have medical aid. So I didn't, I did, like, you know, I didn't want to compete and, and have that in the back of my mind. Like, what if I get injured? And right. Medical aid or whatever. Um, but now that I can sort that out, um it's kind of like you know I'll, I'll compete so i hadn't i hadn't competed since i was here just because when i compete i like to that's the one time when i when i like go 100 percent where right. i just go and i net i don't want to think about oh what if i get hurt or what if i just didn't want that in the back of my head i, I yeah. want to be able to go out there and whether i get injured or not i can give my best and and just you know so yeah no no i had some good competitions before i moved but yeah. in south africa but um since i've been here kind of waited for the medical aid situation Fair enough i think that's so, a that's a smart move yeah 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 burn it's been really awesome to catch up with you uh hopefully we can do it again in the future um yeah thanks for taking the time yeah. and uh, hopefully we'll see you back in in cape town sometime in the near future when we can travel again yeah, yeah. And if uh, if you don't mind me plugging a bit. No, no, go ahead, Ben. Um, I've got a lot of jiu-jitsu and martial arts um, themed stuff on, online right now, and I'm busy working on posting more stuff. But got some cool lino cuts. Actually, I've got some framed up behind me. Um, awesome. Just some martial arts themed stuff. If you check out Etsy, uh, Burn Brave, B-U-R-N-B-R-A-V-E. Um, I'll put the links in the description too if you send them to me. Sure, yeah. So I've got I've got my Etsy shop out now and kind of trying to trying to make some sales there. I've been getting some sales, so that's cool. So if you're looking to um, decorate your place or anything, 
you know, um, you can always check out my shop. Yeah, your art would definitely be awesome for academies. I mean, I, I definitely want to know Jit's uh, math space one day and I'll, uh, your art would be perfect for that. Right. I'll put up your Instagram as well and your, your Etsy shop. Yeah, so my Etsy shop is Burn Brave, and then um, my Instagram is Mr. Double B with the underscore between Mr. Uh, so Mr. Underscore Double Underscore B. Um, you can check that out. Uh, so I've got that on Instagram, and then the Etsy shop Burn Brave. So yeah, just have awesome, a look yeah. and go yeah. check it out for yeah. sure. We'll put the um, links in. Yeah, like I said, it's all currently martial arts and jujitsu mainly themed um, artworks. That's awesome, man. Very cool. Thanks again, Burn. Good luck with everything. Uh, hopefully, uh, you get back on the mat soon and we'll definitely keep in touch. Yeah, I had a great time chatting with you guys. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, you know, hopefully I get to choke you guys again sometime soon. <laughs> I, uh, I'm patiently waiting. Yeah, yeah. Choke or be choked. Thanks a yeah, lot, yeah. guys. Yeah, let's do it. All right, Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Take care. Well. Cheers.